0: Hey, welcome, Brian Moran. Great, great to have you on Creator of Culture to, to chat about your perspective, which is a very interesting and fantastic perspective coming from a, a background um, in the military, special operations, uh, civilian, um, as as a dad, as you know, working you know working in various places, volunteering in various places, you know, in the industry of agriculture and what you do on the side to, to help folks. And to participate, so I'd love to love to dive right in and just ask you, um, man. It's it's it, it's been a long time, you know, since we spoke about this particular concept. But uh, love to you know start off with a little bit about you and you know why culture, from your perspective, is just so important, especially today.
1: Mike, that's awesome. Really good to talk to you. Uh, it's an absolute pleasure to do this, and it's something that I can really wrap my head around. Uh, which is pretty wild. Uh, I did retire in 09 from the military. It it was a good run. I consider myself old, fat, and slow at this point. Uh, And what are my assets I can give to wherever I am or whoever I'm surrounding? And uh, it's definitely a good run. Uh, it, It helps so much being able to pull in a lot of that experience, but most importantly, to be able to apply that experience in the civilian workforce after I retired, and that's where it really can be a home run. And uh, you're one of the key mentors that helped me establish that. Uh, come across that point, which is good. So it's more than happy to be able to give back to you, Mike.
0: Oh no, it's the pleasure's all mine. I think let's. I guess we talk about first off. You know, there's two kind of concepts and, and two types of approaches and cultures for that matter. You know, versus the military, you know, life and the, and the approach to, you know, prioritizing, you know, um, the job at hand, the mission, people, and then yourself, and then maybe how it changes in, in civilian life, so to speak, with, you know, everyday activities, what you do, um, what you do at work, what you do volunteering and, and so forth. Can you just explain each of those and just kind of the the, the differences and the similarities? It's uh,
1: It's a good run on that. The, uh, looking at the military side of the thing, it's a very unique environment it, and I'm sure there were some people in the military that had a different type of experience, but for me starting in special operations, um, doing intel work, doing medical work, a lot of the cutting edge stuff that I felt comfortable with and also mundane stuff. Uh, I, I didn't isolate myself as a special operations or I did this or I did that. It was more looking at what the mission was. Uh, and, And that's our own fault sometimes in the military. We look in the military, you're looking at the job at hand and that's the most important thing. That is number one priority, whatever we can do to get it done. And secondly, we look at the people, the people around me or the people I wanna recruit or the people I wanna be with to be able to do that job at hand. And then the last person I take care of or think about is myself and that can be a detriment. We'll get to that a little further. A lot of times we found so many problems with um, um, marital problems where you're always putting the job first, and I'm sure there's people even on the civilian side that have these issues. Uh, Alcoholism, we've even heard of suicide, but it's this team or camaraderie that can't be replicated really. Uh, We come close, uh, you're familiar with the sports background, Uh, fire departments sometimes come close. Uh, Maybe if we had a big fire and everybody had that chance to to ride the wave, get that rush there and then come out alive. But for the most part, it's that military spectrum. And especially after September 11th, it's that mission first and if you're not worried about the mission and you're worried about yourself or getting promoted or retiring all these little little things it can kind of fade away what the actual true thing which is the job at hand i found on the civilian slide that a lot of people are worried about their self which is okay I'm, i'm kind of jealous sometimes uh and they look at you know how can i get this promotion uh how can i get extra pay uh what can i do to make myself in a better position for the future. And yeah, that's that's important. And then they're looking at the job. Uh, And then even further down the line, they're looking at the people they're working with. And to me, it's like an opposite spectrum. It should be flipped the other way or somewhere in between because the somewhere in between may not have that issue where you're committing yourself too much to that job. And I still don't understand the military. Uh, the people I served with were absolutely amazing. From the uh, special ops people that I still keep in touch with, to the uh, the regular people, the real army that I got the opportunity to serve with in combat support hospitals, uh, training units. In, in a lot of times, we get focused on just the tip of the spear. We realize there's so much more to be there, and it's kind of that concept where you're prioritizing the mission first in the military, your people that you have, how can you accomplish that mission with the people that you have? And then in the end, you're worried about yourself. Civilian side, a lot of times I, I perceived or noticed that people are worried about themselves, number one, and then they're worried about the job or concerned with the job. And then at the last, the people you work with, we need to move those people back up the spectrum a little bit. I would be more comfortable with people that weren't the rock stars, Um, but I was able to spend the time to mentor and work with them to bring them up to a better level, as opposed to have somebody just spotlight and show up one day and say, I can do this job better than him, let me move forward and I'll get promoted. I would much rather have the ones last picked in baseball or whatever it is. Sorry to throw in the sports analogy. There it goes well, it goes very well.
0: Well, it's just you know, Brian, one thing, you know, that this is interesting that there there's kind of a converse, if you will, with the the prioritization of, you know, kind of the mission, the people and and then yourself last and maybe a flip side. Uh can we jump into like the military side for a second? So as you know, as a person going into the military and then, you know, through training, people talk about culture that it's you feel it it's it's hard to define it's hard to label but you know when it's really good you know when it's bad and sometimes you know where when it's kind of in the middle maybe it's, it's not so pushed to a spectrum either way do you remember anything you know from your experiences that you kind of had that feeling of wow i just feel a part of something i feel that i'm supported i feel i just know it and is there any like stories or any experiences like that that you can remember off the top of your head? Let that me uh, illustrated it, that. Yeah, I'll turn it right back at you,
1: Mike, and you'll know me as a as a a person that does like to joke around and have a good time, but yet when the when the job comes at hand, I'm all there. Mike, I would give my life for you without a hesitation. And that's the type of attitude that we have in the military that without we don't do it for flag, country, honor, uh, it's certainly not for the money, uh, the prosperity. We do it for whatever reason. Somehow we're there with the people we're working with. And my greatest gift I can give to you is my life. And it seems crazy and people that don't understand it probably will never get it. And they'll say, I was the one that was gonna join the military, but I never did. It's, it's hard to explain. And to have someone that's willing to give their life for you makes you do things stepping out of your comfort zone uh, in going forward. And, and it doesn't even have to be in combat that you know whoever is to your left, to your right, behind you, in front of you uh, is willing to step up at a moment's notice and, and go forward and do the do the thing, do the, uh, it, it's wild. And And then we also respect those that have made the ultimate sacrifice, not to get dark, but we have to live our lives as if they would live their lives. I have so many soldiers that I'm living their lives for to try to be a better husband, a better person, a better leader, a better mentor. And it's difficult, it's difficult at times, it's hard. But that's one of the aha moments that you have where you look at it and you say, Mike, Mike, I I know you, I I would do whatever it takes to keep you alive and go forward. And that's the aha moment that you realize you're looking around there's a few i'm sure in the military that are there for the promotion or for the uniform looks cool or whatever it is but uh for the most part it, it, that's what it is and that's the stuff we miss when we get out we retire a lot of us get stuck in something i call the the letter jacket syndrome like your high school letter jacket that you have and you wear. And it's been five years since you graduated high school, but you're still wearing that leather jacket, letter jacket and in, in acting that way. And uh, it's it kind of crazy. A lot of us moved on and had that moment, but we still live back in who we are. Uh, you can't let it identify yourself, but you gotta be able to pull on it and use that to help you in your life.
0: That's it. So if you, you know, so, I mean, I tell you, you know, going into that environment, like I've never been a part of that and working with with you and, and others along the way, it, it just, it opens up your eyes, you know, just through just how you, you operate, you treat people and experiences you've had that, you know, there's, that environment is ripe for people to be close. And because you have to rely on each other, lives are on the line, you know, the country's on the line. And it's it's you have to do that, um, you know, conversely with the you know, civilian side, you know, people aren't literally unless it could be in a tough situation where our life was getting laid down on the line, so to speak. Um, but mostly like the everyday organization might not have that experience and people may not have that experience because it's just it's so unique. So I wanted to ask you if if some of that feeling was to be transferred to the civilian side whether it's a group a volunteer group a community how do how do people feel that way is there a way for people to kind of feel that way about their 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 fellow person that they're standing next to they may not be going into a, a conflict situation but is that they may be going into a, a tough project together, or they're going to go in to make a pre- presentation for a grant, or they're going to make a presentation to, you know, a city council, you know, for, for extra, you know, budget for their program that they're volunteering for. They need to back each other up. How, do you have any suggestions on that? Because that, that seems to be a really good part of culture is that people are caring on a deep level for one another.
1: It is. In, when you look at any of those projects, we'll call them projects, that you identify from uh, a volunteer system to work to anything that's going forward, You're, I use the word right there, it's going forward. If that person or those individuals, instead of constantly looking forward, could actually turn around and look behind them or to the side of them, and see the type of people that they're surrounded with, and try to figure out their motivation. And I'm not trying to. I was a full disclaimer. I was a uh, counterintelligence agent back in the day before I retired. I want to know their motivation, and that's so true. Is why are you here? And it's not like calling somebody out. It's like I'm actually taking the time to want to know what my team is. You've all heard the weakest link. You're only strong is your weakest link. Well, if I can take that weakest link and identify some issues that it has and then move that forward and make them even stronger every day, that's going to be a team. And that team or that link that used to be a little weaker is going to appreciate and have that buy-in. To be able to follow you to the end, no matter what. Uh, if the budget gets cut, if there's layoffs, that's the end. It, it's not this catastrophic thing, but we can assimilate that back into the civilian force. There's no doubt about it. Definitely no doubt about it.
0: Uh, I the, guess,
1: yeah.
0: I was going to say, you what? Uh, so understanding each other, like you were in an environment previously in your military life where you're just with a group of people that just got it, like you fell into the, the culture. And then I'm sure along the way there were, you know, leaders that you had that are reinforcing that and reminding and constant reminders that, you know, you, you're there for each other. Talk about how in, the, in the, the civilian the civilian world, you mentioned about a very, very fascinating concept and it relates to people and understanding not only why they're there, but kind of making sure that as they go through their volunteering or their organizing or their their employment or working, wherever wherever the environment is, where people are grouped together, of someone to kind of be there to make sure they're understood, they're heard, they're taken care of. And and this is, Brian, this is your term. Um, I'll say it here, but this is your term. It's the concept of the handler.
1: Yeah, I love somewhat, it. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's yeah, independent
0: yeah. role, An independent role that, you know, let's go into that. I'd love to hear what y- your thoughts on this. So the original
1: handlers that I'm familiar with in those in law enforcement along those lines are usually a uh, an informant or a source, someone that you're trying to get things to do things for you. So it's not that we're exploiting someone. We'll just use that term as a handler if someone's to come back and look at the team and be in charge of, not so much of the team to lead it forward, but to look backward and realize what our strengths and weaknesses are and what can we do to, to strive when the stress level is going out. And basically to have that team and be able to move it forward uh, in their emotional well-being, their their time management, uh, to know when we're just throwing you know, bad money after bad money trying to get a deadline done when we actually need to back up and do something fun, uh, something simple as, you know, com- uh, sports, competitive, uh, anything like that, just for that moment to be able to say, all right, I understand the mission is very important, but you're not going to accomplish the mission without the people. And we need to look at that people. So a workplace could have a handler. Uh, and one of the fears of mine would be that's the one to pick up your laundry uh, to make your appointments along those lines. We're not talking about an administrative assistant or a secretary or somebody that's there for you. We're looking at the whole team and the team concept of what the team can go forward. In the military, you didn't have to know every job, but one of the things you did know in those people that move forward, realized that they knew people. And that was one of the things and how to get those people the best potential out of these people. Even sometimes the the what we call leadership challenges. Those were the more fun because you really had to work a little harder to get the best out of them. And when they actually did, it was a super home run. It was, it was good. Uh, I remember serving with uh someone that spoke three languages uh in different dialects, and uh just a brilliant what I call like a military on paper, a rock star, and he was an in- interrogator uh in in his civilian job he drove delivered pizzas up in maine and it's like one of those people you're like you're trying to figure out what's putting them together that's the one you're going to spend a little time with to figure out what their motivation is and uh, if they speak arabic in several dialects they are writing their own ticket to a career in the military but yet they're delivering pizzas at home something it's almost a flag a positive flag you're trying to figure out what their actual motivation is, it's good. And to know that on the civilian side, where these people are coming from, what they're doing, what is their motivation, what is their priority? Are they putting the themselves first, the job first, you know, their coworkers first? And if you can try to change that that hierarchy almost slightly a little bit and just identify it, you can get a lot of stuff done. That's my theory, I'm not 100% sure. We'd have to apply it. So if somebody's willing
0: to test that, Let's go forward. Well, you know, it's put it this way, Brian, there's a lot of feedback regarding culture, this, this mystical concept that through this project, the creator of culture, you know, trying to pin it down a little bit so it can be understood a little more deeply, but it always comes back to, and it's been stated, it's been written about, it's been talked about, but just having a really deep understanding of the people you're around so you can understand their whys and their motivations. However, sometimes people have things going on in their own life, they have things going on with them themselves, and they might not have the time to turn around and learn deeply about the next person they might be right next to. And this concept of the handler, say maybe if it's an independent person, you know, somebody who could that's their whole job is to really know know the team and know people. And they could bounce around. You know, they could be a traveling handler. But <laughs> someone who.
1: <laughs> well, I'm so, going to actually turn this right around to you from what you just said, Mike. So that person that we have, we're assuming in a type of leadership goal that may not have the time to learn that person on the side or whatever. That would be the first person I'd want to work with to be able to somehow, can I make Can I give you the time to be able to learn your team, their ins and outs, and go forward? Yeah, the whole team is very important. But that person you identify that says, yeah, may not have that time or that structure to be able to do so, or the climate, that culture where they've never had the time to learn, uh, maybe that would be the first one I would be able to work with. But yeah, it's an amazing concept.
0: Yeah, if you just think about it, you know, someone, you know, uh, say a, a lead, a project leader, or a leader of a team, or say someone in a role of leadership just has a ton of people working with them, you know, for them, under them. They may not have the the time to do the personal touches to learn about everybody. However, what if they had a trusted handler? And if those people really, you know, that were getting handled, so to speak, knew that it was, they were, say, independent, they were there for their well-being, they knew yeah. that it was set up like that and communicated like that. And they're just making sure people are taken care of. They're okay. How are you doing today? How was your day? Can I get you anything? Can I help you? Almost like that servant servant leadership thing. Not to be, you know, getting bags yeah, and getting the coffee. Absolutely. But make sure that you as a person are okay. And that do you have what you need to be successful, to be happy, to fit in. Do you feel like you're belonging? Okay. Oh, wh- no? let's let's as me, as you know someone in this role, this independent role, maybe I can change something for you. Maybe I can help be your advocate, your culture advocate in a way, you it, know, it, so it's very,
1: very interesting with the backgrounds from different workforces coming in in the studies on cultures of diversity of culture, to use it in that sense of the different employees, different religious backgrounds, different ethnicity that that would be absolutely. Uh, it would be a good move. It'd be a very good move to be able to identify all the things, not so much ahead of time, but as you work through it. It, And it's something that I try to start my day with every day. Everybody I'm working with, you know, how you doing? Are you all right? You good? We ready for this? And and then we'll go from there because if I can't get past that first check-in in in the morning to see how you're doing, uh, we can't go forward. You know, We're, we're changing it. I'm trying to change myself. Uh, I'm trying to put my people first, and I'm thinking about that mission, and we'll, we'll go from there. It's a, an amazing thing. We, we've all been in a situation, too, where we had bad leadership. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Military had it as well. Uh, civilian source, sometimes it has it. But it, it's funny. When you have a tight group or a group that might have had a handler or a group that has those commonalities, if that's even a word, the bad leaders can make the team even stronger because a lot of times in the military we looked at the mission first, and if we had a bad leader that was put in front of us, and we still had to accomplish the mission, we kind of came together as a team and really put forth that effort. Uh, on the civilian side, I've seen opportunities where if you had a bad leader, people were just willing to let it fail. In in that that's not the right way to do it. In uh, maybe in that situation where you had somebody that was the handler to come forth to try to connect all the dots and kind of mediate things and keep things moving in the right direction, uh, it would be well, it would be very well. Uh, it's a
0: interesting concept that should go forward. Yeah. I'm almost thinking though, if you know, if they're not, if say if a handler is not independent in a way, the team, if they have a bad leader and the handler is working for this bad leader, they may not have the trust in the handler it's it just, is you know, it's someone else They're working for this person but, where, but- a so
1: once again we'll go back to that point where the handle yeah. is going to look at that leader first and say what do we need what do we need it's buy-in it has to be buy-in uh and or somebody's got to go first or most importantly somebody's got to go second and that'd be the one that'd definitely be the one it's different it's definitely different. Um,
0: right what's the we talked about this it does relate a little bit, but it's the concept of the smartest person in the room. So <laughs> let's talk about. <laughs> I've lost a few
1: jobs because of that. Uh, and it's basically where you got to turn around and if you're not looking at the people, you, you got to look at yourself. And if you consider yourself the smartest person in the room, and obviously there are some brilliant tech companies that have the smartest guy in the room but that person would be nothing without their team. If you feel like you're the smartest guy in the room, it, it's time to leave. Uh, it's one of those things. Uh, it, it, you're gonna have anger, hate, and discontent at times. And you're like, why don't they do this? Why don't they do that? And honestly, you might not be a good fit for that company organization. I'm not saying the organization is going right or solid, but sometimes it's ready to move and you're gonna find that culture that you're looking for or somewhere closer to that culture, or more importantly, you're going to be in that culture, look around and say, yeah, I want to make this the place I want to work. Uh, I want to work with these people. I want to go forward, uh, make yourself a better leader, uh, make yourself a better person in, it, it, it's almost like a do over. And if you come to that point where you feel like you're the smartest guy in the room, it, it's time to move
0: rooms. <laughs> Let's
1: go forward. Let's find a new place.
0: Hey, Brian, is that because you know when you feel like that, from your perspective, is that because the place has done innovating? Has it gone stale? Have they just the, the fire in the belly is gone, so that culture maybe is about hey, look, we're fine, what just is how it is, and you know not looking to I guess you know improve or progress or innovate in a certain way.
1: It, it every job or team or whatever happens it loses people constantly. It's through attrition, through, for whatever reason, retirement, um, uh, family issues, moving, who knows, there's a myriad of things that it can happen to. And you always got to realize that once again, that, that job or that mission is going to go forward with or without you. So I, sometimes it's even if you're going to leave to move on for something else, because you feel you're at the position. You never know who's on deck that might come forward to take that team that almost made it to the top to be able to take it that last little bit. And and that's, it's my own personality, Mike. I summed it up the best is I'm a good bad news taker. Uh, You give me some bad news, I got it. You know, I've spent 20 years in the military. Uh, I got 20 years in the fire service. I'm a good, bad news taker. I can smile with the best of them uh, no matter what's going on. I try to make that positive outlet. Granted, it drives some people crazy, uh, but I'm always looking for the good side. So even if it's time to move and move on, uh, you feel good as you laugh that someone else is going to take it that last little bit. It's a little seance or a little way to kind of make it work better. So, just
0: What would you give to a piece of advice to someone to uh... – suggest that outlook what, uh, what would you say to that person if they're not you know kind of thinking that way uh, you
1: you want to look around uh and like i said before turn around and look back at you uh but i think the best thing i can do is pr- protect your assets uh and sometimes we get lost on this phrase and they break it apart or a person may break it apart. Protect your assets. What's your assets that you have? We're not talking your financial assets, your family assets. You're talking about your workplace, your climate, what you've built, uh, what you feel comfortable, your experience that you're bringing to the table. It's not protect your ass. Uh, I think we have a lot of problem when people are like so paranoid that they're gonna get in trouble or they're gonna make the wrong decision. There's nothing worse Than the failure to make a decision, you know, you're almost better off making the wrong decision than not making a decision at all. Uh, And I would say that it's protect your assets. And if you feel uncomfortable about that and disagree with the, probably the whole conversation we had, then you're probably going to protect your ass. So there it is. Uh, I would would be the ultimate summary right
0: there. That's right. (laughs) Totally. So it's worth fighting for. So you you get into a good place and there's a good, tight knit bond of people you built. You built it. Um, say that the mission is either very explicit or you just know it. That, that's worth fighting for. It's worth protecting your assets. You know for it sure. Is. And, yeah, and, and the, out, the outlook that you have that you mentioned about being really good at taking you know you bad news and 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 having that perspective that you mentioned is is key to the climate to the culture. Maybe one that. You know, people want to aspire to to create. So, I think without further ado, just one final question for you. We've already we already gone uh, to our time, which is unbelievable. <laughs> is if you're going to sum up, you know, culture in you know a phrase to leave leave with people, you know, what would you say?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. It, we've talked about this all week. We've talked about it the month prior in looking at the culture. Um, it, I would say. You, we're going to re- re- go back to that summary that I said of, of that ultimate peak of that culture. That I would do anything for you. There, there it is. That's that moment it, that I had in the military. Let's look at the culture of the environment and say I would become a better leader. I would step forward. I would do above and beyond. Um, in in the fire service, I find myself, you know stepping back or stepping down because that culture is not there to have somebody go forward and, and, and move in different directions. But when you find that one person that you're like, all right, I'm going to align myself with this other person and we're going to create our own culture and, and it's going to be contagious. That's the home run. And that's where you find it. And you find it in the weirdest places, but you won't find it until you turn around and look left and right and say, all right, what do I got here?
0: and uh, to be able to move forward, Mike. Does that help? It does, you know, sometimes it's, it's leading up and building that that culture from from within and then it, it gets contagious, goes viral, and then people, there's really a big buy-in and you, and you kind of self-create a culture, self-manage in a way, and then it, it spills over over time. Then, Brian, thank you so much. It's been no such worries. a pleasure. thank you, Mike. Always great insight. So thank you again, Brian.
1: Oh, best of luck and move forward. Let's take some of these ideas and roll them out. All right, Mike.
0: We want to sincerely thank you for listening to Creator of Culture's podcast series.